Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. Welcome to the 1000 Hours Outside podcast. My name is Ginny Urich. I am the founder of 1000 Hours Outside and I have a friend on with me today, Leslie Martino. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for taking an hour. You are a busy mama of four. So I am just so thankful. Uh, Leslie and I go way back to last fall. Uh, Well, we've known each other online for a while. And uh, but but isn't it fun to meet in person? Oh, that's like my favorite thing. Yeah. like, Like you connect with someone online and then you meet them in person. It's like we seal the deal. Yeah, it's the coolest. So we met um, last fall at the Wild and Free Conference in Franklin, Tennessee, which is one of the highlights of my life. Those conferences, aren't they fun? Oh my gosh, yes. They're so fun. It's indescribably fun, really. You know, it's not uh, like any other typical. Yeah. Fun and just deep. You know, you just leave being very touched. So we both were speaking at the Wild and Free Conference we met there. And uh, Leslie turned out to be an amazing actress, right? <laughs> That's so, so cool. Fun. One of my fondest memories. <laughs> yeah. So we were going around. We actually, um, uh, Leslie was going around and, and doing these little spots. And I was I was there a little bit too. But we got these cute little mugs from Penny and Pearl. She had a little shop set up there. So that was fun. We met and... Um, yeah, it was such a great event. And then uh, we got to meet your family, which was so awesome, your husband and your beautiful kids. So will you take a minute and just tell us a little bit about you and your family? Yes. So my family and I, we live in Central Florida. My husband and I are originally from New York, but we live in Central Florida now and we have four kids. My oldest is 12. My middle child is, I have to think about this, my middle child is nine, and then I have twins, twin seven-year-olds, so. Oh, these are fun ages. Yes, very fun. And I got to meet them. They're so cute. And and is your 12-year-old, is she taller than you now? Mm-hmm. Did it happen? Mm-hmm. It, it happened. She's taller than me now. Oh. <laughs> I'm hanging on to an inch, though. I, I don't know. I keep yeah. her, no, no, I, you have an inch more. I keep saying that, but. Yeah. yeah. And uh, it's cool because your twins and then your middle son, they look so much alike. So Easy. everyone thinks they're triplets. Everybody asks if they're triplets. They used to really be bothered by that. Um, and, and now they don't correct people anymore. And Aww. it's actually hard for me not to laugh because I know the truth. And then mm-hmm. when people say that, they're just like, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. They're really such awesome kids. And I think, I think one of the things that draws me to you quite, um, quite a lot is that you just have this beautiful life. And, um, you know, we sort of met through Instagram and I think there's a vibrancy to your family that is, is, is both online, but also in, in person. And so there's that consistency there. And, um, you know, so, uh, I just, I was scrolling through your Instagram, you know, getting ready for this, you know, 
um, just a little extra. And I was like, oh, it's just very touching. So, uh, okay, let me read a little bit about what you have on your on your website. Um, you just do a lot about intentional motherhood, also homeschooling with joy, and just living with joy. It really permeates. You have a background in elementary and college education um, and in the movement and fitness industry. You've been a teacher a lecturer, a mentor, a dancer, and a Pilates instructor. Oh, that's full. I love all that kind of stuff. Um, you're also a coach, um, a homeschool coach, and an educational consultant, a writer, and uh, you just do a lot. That's <laughs> awesome. That's so cool. So um, so your website, you have uh, four main topics across the top, which I think are just so intriguing. You have homeschool, motherhood, health and wellness, and natural living. So of those four things, what is your favorite thing to write about? That's a really good question. I think it has, I think it's always changing, which is probably why there are four there. I couldn't just narrow it down to one thing. Um. I knew that I like to share my experiences in all of those areas, but there are some times when I just really want to talk about education. And then there are other times where I just, I just really want to talk about motherhood. And then there are times when <laughs> I yeah. want to talk about some of the other things that I, I put up on that blog. You know, when I started that blog, um, I just knew that I wanted to share and I knew that I liked to write, but I actually hoped that nobody would read it. Aw, <laughs> and so many people read it. It was because you have wisdom for the world. It was just like one of those things, like where writing was such a cathartic experience, and I, I just needed to get it out. But then, mm. when people started to say that they appreciated things that I wrote or they learned from something, it really inspired me and motivated me more. But it's still like hard, like just kind of weird for me to you know, like believe, you know, it's just kind of like that thing about an artist putting out their work and then people watch it. It's kind of scary. I don't know. It is. It's nerve wracking. Yeah. Well, because then people know more about you and what do they think? And, um, you're putting out your heart and your soul. So right. yeah, and your website is beautiful. It's such oh. a beautiful site. And, um, it's, it's a treat that there's so much information on it. You also talk on your website about your coaching. So yes. tell us about that. Yeah. So I do coaching with mostly homeschool moms, but one of the things about homeschooling is that you quickly realize that most of your focus actually ends up being about parenting. Um, and so a lot of the coaching that I do is also about parenting. And one of my passions really is just um, to, to talk and coach people about being intentional. And I talk a lot about intentional motherhood. I talk a lot about connection connection with um, my kids, um, connection with your children as a parent. And that's what a big part of the coaching is about. Mm -hmm. So it's about um, meaningful connection with our children and what that looks like and what disrupts connection and how to be intentional and um, removing distractions and, and things like that. Um, but then there's also, um, like I said, I do coaching that's also related to homeschool. So we talk about how that looks in the homeschool context and uh, things like that. That's really, those are really interesting points. And there was something that stuck out to me on your website. You talked about how you said, it's amazing how even in a loving home, a child can feel unseen. 
Yes. Uh, yes. I was, that was a powerful statement and it's yeah. true. It so is that really something is. you can kind of talk about, which is, sure. which is how mm-hmm. can you have intentional motherhood and how can you sort of make sure that you're, you're having these moments of connection in your home? Yeah. So I really believe that we were all meant to be in connection with one another and to be in a in connection with one another that's um, really vulnerable and exposed. Like we're supposed to um, be able to be that way with one another. And I think when I think about connection, it really is love because one of the ways that I define love is a deep and meaningful sense of belonging and connection. And so one of the deepest levels of that connection is what I like to think about as a naked connection where you can have that vulnerability and you can have that exposure. Um, but I think that we all have these layers, including children, parents, adults, all of us, we have these layers mm. of self-preservation that we put on kind of like as protection, but they're really the opposite of what a vulnerable connection is. And so when we want to cover up you know, and not be exposed. It's because we somehow have let some sort of fear set in or guilt about something, or, you know, we're carrying some shame about something and we're not comfortable with the idea of exposure anymore. So we go into hiding. Um, And I think that my job as a parent, when I see that happening with my child is to call my child out of that place and to help them to understand that I'm a, I'm, that there's safety. You know, I'm not a perfect parent, but I want, I aim to be an authentic one and a growing mm-hmm. one and a loving parent. And so I want to oh, I love make that. sure my children know that they can be vulnerable. So I call them out of that place and I say, you can, you can, you know, you can still come to me. Um, mm-hmm. We might have things that we need to mend or heal um, between us or in our relationship, but I want you to be able to come to me. Um, because like I said, those layers that we put on, um, <laughs> I pretty much kind of, boil them down. My husband also, my husband does a lot of coaching as well. And so we actually talk about this a lot together. Um, But one of the things that three of the things that we boil down those uh, connection disruptors to are guilt, fear, and shame. Hmm. So guilt is like, okay, I messed up. Um, I didn't do something right. Um, And we have guilt maybe because it's yet another time that we responded to our kids in the wrong way or yeah. we had another argument, or we failed them somehow. You know, the, you yeah. know, like people talk about mom guilt. Oh lot, yeah, know? oh yeah. I <laughs> everyone has it. Yeah, yeah, we're we're good at feeling guilty. Um, yeah, but then sometimes our kids feel guilty as well because there's mm-hmm. a sense of disappointment. Maybe they didn't meet our expectations somehow, um, and yeah. there's that that guilt there. And then shame is often what we feel because of guilt. So it's the weight of that guilt in terms of that broken relationship or that um, broken expectation. And it's feeling like we haven't lived up to some specific Mm. external expectation, whatever it is. Um, And sometimes that causes embarrassment. Um, And then I'll tell you a quick story. So one time my daughter, uh, she was taking uh, dance classes. And I was a dancer. And so I love the fact that she was taking dance classes. And she was one year just burst out into tears and said that she didn't want to take these classes anymore. And she really just wanted to take like some musical theater classes that they also offered at the studio. And she was crying. And I just I was in shock because I couldn't believe she was crying because Mm -hmm. she had somehow felt that she was letting me down 
by Aww. not wanting to do these dance classes. Yeah. And I was like, wow, somehow she had gotten the message that there was this mm. expectation that she be just like me or that she liked the same things that I like. And so she felt this sense of like broken expectation. And there was actually like some, like a layer that was separating our connection. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like that was something we yeah. needed to just dis dismantle yeah. right there and then, yeah. because it was like something that I not, I did not want her to hold on to. Yeah. So, you know, that's a small example, but it can happen in so many, in so many ways. And then fear is a big one because fear is uncertainty and it's dealing with the unknown. Now, many times um, as parents, that fear can be yeah. exhibited as control. Um, oh. I know that's something that I also talk about a lot. So even if we don't want to admit it at first, wow, there's a need to control that comes through in a lot of our parenting. And I think it's something that we really do need to be conscious about because that control is really just birthed out of fear. And now, so uncertainty makes us feel insecure and that's not good for any kind of connection. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then that's some, sometimes control is like our act of trying to jumpstart certainty. Like we want to feel more secure. We want to mm -hmm. feel more certain about things. So we control, we try to control it yeah. because most of us, you know, we weren't parents before we were parents, you know, like we spend most of our time trying to figure this all out. Um, yeah. I mean, yes, I, I feel like that is like such a key point. Like I, you know, up until ha like literally the day of having the child, the first one, you know, I felt like I had some sort of control of my life, you know, and then you have this baby and I'm just like, oh, this is out of control. It's chaotic. Yes. And like for, you know, I mean, our oldest is 13. So almost similar to your daughter, but for a very long time, I was like, when do I get to go back? Like, when will it feel less chaotic? But it really never has happened. So I'm yeah. assuming that maybe it's not going to. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> and we try to hold on to that, you know, gain control mm. in so many little ways, even just throughout the day, you know, like, yeah. especially when you've got little ones and toddlers, and you're just trying to maintain a sense of control. Yeah. Um, but sometimes but the thing the thing about that control is that what we focus on, we tend to maximize. So if we're always focused on controlling every moment of the day, um, mm -hmm. then we're really maximizing what needs to be controlled instead of minimizing. And then that means that we're minimizing our ability to be present and our ability to really enjoy a moment or enjoy our kids, which is what we all really want to do. You yeah. know, and that means we're really missing out on something, you know, because we all want a more fruitful experience in our parenting. We all want joy in our parenting. Um, you know, controlling, constant control might allow us to get a lot of things done, you know, like do this, do that, do that, or, you know, mm. like a well-oiled machine or something in our household. Yeah. But what it robs us of is the fulfillment part. We want to enjoy our kids. And that's what I want to help people do. And that's what I want to do. It's not easy. I don't get it all, I write all the time, but I yeah. want to spend a life enjoying the family that I have. Do you have advice? I think that control is actually a huge issue. I think, um, you know, it's one that I hear about a lot. It, control perfectionism. I think they kind of, you know, they go hand in hand. Mm -hmm. You know, do you do you give advice for for um, parents that are really struggling in that in that area? Well, I think it comes down to, in a lot of ways, managing um, our reactions and managing our expectations. Um, the, the thing is, is that um, 
there's a, a woman, she wrote a book called Connection Parenting. Um, she was speaking at that yes, conference. Yes, yes, Pam. Pam yeah, Leo. Pam Leo. She's, she's been on the podcast too. I oh. adore her. Yes. Adore her. And she's so wise. and she's so wise. Yeah. And, and so personable. Said, she really is personable. And she mm-hmm. said, and I know I'm probably going to get this quote wrong, but she said something to the effect of, um, we all have, like, as parents, we have an ability to choose. We can choose to evolve mm-hmm. or stay the same. Something, yeah. something to that effect. Um, and I think that that's really true because we have a choice in that area. And so when we start to notice our reactions and we say, no, I really, I need to manage these reactions. Um, that means that we have to first realizing realize where we're getting it wrong and then just try to do differently. It's all, it's all about a lot of times our intention and then managing expectations. Sometimes we expect things that just aren't really realistic, you know, like, um, expecting our kids to always behave or expecting them to always fall in line without ever having grace for them to ever get it wrong or, you know, and we expect that from ourselves also. And it's just not, those are just not realistic expectations. And then I also, also like to think of it sometimes as like the space that we hold for our children has to be larger because, um, when we're holding space, for them that's large enough to fit them, we see like more potential and possibility for what things can be. So even in terms of like, you know, who they are as people, like your relationship with them, even if you have a strained or broken relationship with a teenager or, you know, it's like, if you, if you always look at it through the lens of like possibility, like what could this be? And I might see this, but what could this look like? You know, it's like expanding our view a little bit. And I don't know if that makes sense, but I feel yeah, like that does. Yeah, I feel like that's part of the key to not controlling. You know, we have to figure out other ways of seeing things. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Question: What's the first thing you do if you had an extra hour in your day? Read a few chapters of that book, start painting that guest bedroom, tackle that pile of laundry, play a card game with your kids. A lot of us spending our lives wishing we had more time. The question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. If you're feeling stuck, therapy is something that can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Therapy is a wonderful thing. It can help you learn positive coping skills or show you how to navigate properly setting boundaries. With BetterHelp, it's easy to get started. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try and visit BetterHelp.com slash 1000 hours to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash 1000 hours. I have been looking for simple ways to form healthy habits and get the nutrients my body needs when my immune system feels unsupported. And that's why I decided to give AG1 a try. Not only does AG1 deliver my daily dose of vitamins, minerals, pre and probiotics and more, but it's a powerful, healthy habit that's also powerfully simple. It's just one scoop mixed in water once a day, every day, and it makes me feel nourished and ready to face the day. As a parent, longevity is on my mind more than ever before. I want to make sure I'm taking really good care of myself so I can continue to show up for the moments that matter with my kids. Every day, AG1 helps me build long-term health 
with daily nutrients that support brain, gut, and immune health. All it takes is one scoop a day, and I'm setting myself up for the long run. AG1 is a supplement I trust to provide the support my body needs daily, and that's why I'm excited to welcome them as a new partner. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash 1000. That's drinkag1.com slash 1000. Check it out. Mm -hmm. I I think it makes me think like, um, you know, you said you get to choose and I mean, we're all growing. And I think that's a beautiful part of parenthood. Uh, that it's a part that I wasn't expecting, you know, is that um, there ends up being all this beautiful growth because you have to. <laughs> you know? Because you have to. <laughs> yes, no but that's choice. exactly right. You know, you can't. It would be, it would make for a very interesting parenting experience and relationship if we just weren't willing to grow mm-hmm. at all. Yeah. Ever. You know, and I want that to be said of me. Like I want, I want, I'm very close to my mom and I want when I'm my mom's age and my kids are my age, that we are sitting around and we're talking about their childhood and they have fond memories. They have more beautiful memories than they do sad ones, you know, because my mom wasn't perfect, but ask me to tell stories about her. And I have more stories, good stories to tell than bad ones, you know, but I I think that's something that she actively and intentionally tried to create with us, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So who, I'm curious who's inspired you because um, I like to read, I've read a lot of books, uh, but I have never, I've never read a book or anything about a child in a loving home who feels unseen. You know, this is actually a whole brand new topic. These things that you're talking about, I think, are very pertinent. Uh, I think especially in a day and age of screens, you know, because it makes me think about, well, if I'm on my screen, it's really easy for a kid to feel unseen. But so who has, um, you know, what has your path been like to be to to this point where you have all this wisdom to share? Oh, gosh, that's a really good question. That's a really good question. So I think it's multifold. Um, some of my biggest influence has been my parents. Aww. <laughs> um, wow. We had a very, and you might hear my voice get a little shaky, um, because we had a really wonderful, rich childhood. Um, it wasn't a perfect experience um that we experienced a lot of hard things but there's been so much growth in that process um I think my shaky voice I apologize for that um I'm thinking about my brother my brother is no longer with us he he Mm. died and it was growing up it was just me and my brother and um when did he pass I'm sorry what'd you say when did he pass in 2000 yeah so it's been a long time yeah but um you know, my parents, they worked very hard. Um, they were both immigrants to this country um, and they worked very hard to not only, you know, do the things that most parents try to do, you know, give us a decent life and, and, and you know, expose us to different things and have different interests and things like that. But they also worked really hard at the connection piece um, which I think is a really interesting perspective from immigrant parents because 
they felt like in a lot of ways they were losing their children to a new culture. Wow. Um, and my brother and I have two, with the same upbringing, had two radically different reactions um, to the life that we had. And um, I think that everything that I've seen and everything that I've witnessed and everything that I've experienced, I'm a bit of a deep thinker <laughs> and so uh, and a deep feeler. Um, and so I have spent a really long time thinking about things and knowing that it would directly influence um, the childhood that I attempted to give my kids. Yeah. And my husband and I also, he's also a very deep thinker <laughs> and we talk a lot about these things and I'm sure he could say, you know, he could talk about his end and, you know, mm -hmm. his perspective and the stories that he has and how those shaped him and how he viewed parenthood. But I think it's all of that because to be honest, I do love to read um, people like Pam Leo and mm -hmm. um, people who who talk about parenthood and connection with kids and relating to kids. I love children. So, which is probably why I got into education, but um, I think all of that go, goes into it, but it's not like I've ever found anyone either who's, who's talking and thinking about these, these things. Um, wow. I actually thought, I actually have thought maybe I should write a book. <laughs> well, yeah, it's yeah. not out there. Mm -hmm. And, and that's wild to me. I, um, you know, I like to read, but I'm, I mean, I'm not coming up with my own stuff, you know, I mean, what a neat thing, Leslie, like this is, this is based on, you know, your own experiences and what you've learned and, and all these things you see in the world. And it's so valuable. I, I want to buy the book. So. Just, you know, Thank let you. me know when you write it. You, you're, you're, a, you're a big writer. You're a big writer. You write for Wild and Free. Yes. Um, and, and you have just the gorgeous photos in there. Um, and uh, how many, do, do you keep track of how much you've written for them? Is it, is it often? Uh, so um, there are, I write an article every month. Um, wow. Yeah. Every month. That's a lot. Yes, Good for you. It's definitely months that I've taken some time off, especially if I'm helping Wild and Free with another big project. You know, sometimes mm -hmm. I do some other big projects like, um, you know, classes that they create or just other things. And I, um, I'll, I'll be helping with that. So I'll take a break from the monthly, the monthly articles. But um, yeah, once I started writing, I really do enjoy it. Um, and, you know, there's always an option to take some time off or to, but writing, yeah. I like, like I said, it's you a, like it's it. I like it. And yeah. It, and your photography, I mean, it's, it's phenomenal. You're phenomenal. artistic, That's, you're creative, yes, you're a dancer. But I have to give yeah. a shout out to my friend Kayla because she does a lot of, she does the photography for those articles. Oh, so even cool. though I love photography oh, that's myself, fun. the articles, that's my friend. She, that's fun to do together. Beautiful work. Yeah. <laughs> One of the things about what's interesting, you know, um, really interesting to hear you talk about your parents and, and your childhood and, oh, I'm so sorry about your brother. I bet you miss him all the time. Yeah. I do. I do. Yeah. And didn't get to meet your kids. That's so hard. Really um, yeah. You talk about though, that you, you know, that they had this special wisdom about them where, you know, they were able to, to, um, strive after this connection and, and you're just always sharing things that are so touching. And then additionally, this is passed down to your kids. Yes. So you always have, I think I've never seen this anywhere either. I think it's the coolest thing ever. 
you have all these quotes, you know, people share quotes and the quotes are from your kids. So I'm gonna, yes. can I read a couple of them? Oh, of course. <laughs> okay. So this one's from Miles. He says, blow your mind with ideas, learn and have fun with your experiences, learn how to learn. And then one from, do you say Maya or Mia? Maya. For Maya, connection is being able to sit down together and not say anything, just to be there, to be in the moment. And one more from Ethan, and I know I left out a a son, so I'm so sorry to the one I left out. Things that make a good connection are eye contact and speaking with your heart. So when did you start? I mean, these are great. These could be in your book. You want to hear something funny? Yeah. When I was a little girl, my dad would write down things that we said. And I didn't think anything of it. And I knew he was doing it when I was a little kid, but um, he just did. And then one, one day when I was maybe a late, late teenager, possibly early twenties, I was going through some old books with a friend and my friend was just getting such a kick out of these books and was laughing, hysterically laughing because she was like, there are so many quotes in here. You wrote all of this down. And I actually had not even remembered that he had written all what these things. A gift. And I thought, now I know where I get it from because I I started doing the same things with, with my children. And it was it was really cool to have that as a memory. And so I started doing it and it started to just be little things like when they were little, um, they would say something really cute or really sweet. So I'd write it down. But then, you know, as technology advanced, I, I had my cell phone and I have these notes on my phone and each kid has a note. And then I just periodically go in there and I just write stuff. They said, and it's to the point now where my kids like, we'll be out in the woods somewhere hiking and somebody will say something and I'll be hysterically laughing. And another kid will say, oh, you thought that was funny, mommy. Huh? Write that down. Write that they down. know, they so, know what's <laughs> going on. That's so cute. But sometimes I ask them pointed questions. Um, yeah. and I, I write down the answers and sometimes they just come out with stuff out of the blue and I just, you know, try to stop everything and jot it down. Cause I just, and I do it because I, I love, I'm a lover of words mm-hmm. and I just want to remember mm-hmm. <laughs> when it's so cool because it like, um, you know, they have so much wisdom being so young. Like these are the things that are important for all of us. Like we all need to know how to speak with our heart and have yeah. good eye contact. And you know so, what? You're so right, Jenny. That's actually a lot of reasons why I write their words. I feel like kids have this simplicity mm. and purity about them that um, really has taught me so much. They're like my biggest teachers and they say these things that just wow me. And I feel like, uh, gosh, if I could only see things with the eyes of a child or I could only, yeah. you know, and so constantly recording those words and putting their words out there helps to remind me that things are probably more complicated and need to be more, you know, more simple. Yes. Yeah. They just strip it down, right? Mm -hmm. To say, learn how to learn, have fun with your experiences, blow your mind with ideas. (laughs) Uh, Your life, just like I've said before, it just exudes joy. Um, you know, so what are uh, what are some of your favorite things to do with your kids? Uh, what's everyone interested in? Okay, number one, number one on that list is being outside in nature, which is how we started doing a thousand hours outside. Uh, <laughs> um, what that's one of our favorite things to do um, is to is to hike together and to just be yeah. outdoors in nature together. And sometimes we do that with our hiking group, or we do that with friends, but. 
to be honest, my favorite times are when it's just us alone. Um, and I just feel like it's like our special thing. And there are so many crazy things that happen. <laughs> so many yes. crazy things that happen to us out there on those trails. But I love that we have those stories to just reminisce on and laugh about. Um, I think like what I, what I have found is that our, you know, you, you remember outdoor moments more. Um, and I think it's because the sen- it's, it's more of a sensory experience, you know, it's involving all of your senses. And so, and we remember, so I think like something like baking cookies falls into that category too, because you're really using a lot of your senses. So any of these experiences, whether indoor or out, um, you know, they tend to sort of solidify in your memory. And what I really love about these outdoor experiences is they're like unique expressions of your family. Like those are the things that no one else shares, you know, right. when you go on these different things and you have these different small, smaller, big, you know, unique experiences, they're your own. Mm-hmm. We had this one time where we were out hiking somewhere and there was, um, a small body of water with like a really large tree trunk that had fallen and creating created a bridge over it. And my kids really wanted to cross the bridge. I was a little bit nervous about it, um, but they assured me that it'd be fine. And so I said, okay. And um, they started to go across and lo and behold, one child fell in the water. <laughs> now we live in Florida, so you can just imagine what's in the water. Um <laughs> didn't see any gators around, but, but, but at the same time, there was definitely a lot of nervousness, a little bit of fear that set in. But what was really interesting about that experience was everybody's responses. And so it was sort of like in a moment of panic, what does everybody do? And, you know, it was, (laughs) we had to really, after everybody was safe, we really had to debrief and talk about it because, it was actually a really emotional, intense experience for a lot of the kids. And they realized that, you know, when they see a loved one in danger, um, like one child started yelling at the rest of us to jump in and do different things and started to just direct us. But he did it with such intensity that was making everybody nervous. Mm -hmm. And then another child just broke down and started crying. We were able to just talk about like different responses to things. And, you know, when we see other, uh, each other in vulnerable places, you know, what we feel like our responsibility is. It just led to like this really deep wow. conversation, right? Yeah. Like out in the middle of the woods. And it was, it was really good. And we would never have had the experience had we not gone out there. Mm-hmm. But I think yeah. um, what you said before was a really great observation about those sensory experiences, because even just thinking about other things we like to do, like reading books together, Mm-hmm. Yeah, map account, right? Because you're feeling in your I mean, they yeah. say with the books that you're you're vividly imagining all of it, mm-hmm. you know, in your mind. And so that, you know, that that's a similar type of a thing. It's an yes. adventure. It's, it's an adventure that you're doing together. Yes. I, I yeah. love it. I just love those kinds of adventures. You know, um uh Greta. Uh, oh, I love Greta. Book. Yeah, about adventuring with kids. And I think she says that in there. You know, it's not just about the outdoor adventures, but, you know, with kids, anything is really an adventure. Like sometimes we get in the car to go five minutes away. And because of how you approach it, because of what you do, 
it becomes an adventure. Anything can mm-hmm. become an adventure yeah. with kids, which is, they're so fun. I do love that she talks about that because she um, talks in there about how her mother had some physical limitations and so wasn't able to do maybe many of these outdoor things. I think she did a lot of that with her father, but um, she said her mom read them all sorts of books and, and you are, you're adventuring together in those moments and, and having those shared experiences. Um, Leslie, you're just, you're just a bright light. Aww. Really? Uh, <laughs> you know, I think, you know, like I said, being on your Instagram and, and following your stories, and I know you're in the wild and free magazine, it's like seeing all this imagery and the, and the things that you post, they just make you want to be a better person and, and try these new things and to be closer. And you can just see that you can see the connection between your family members isn't in a pic, yeah. in a picture. It's, um, I really appreciate that. I really do. Yeah. Um, a lot of, I think mo- most of the pictures that I probably post on Instagram are not you know, pictures that I'm saying smile or pose. Right. And that's it. Look around and, you know, just snap, snap them doing whatever they're doing. It's your life. That that reads. (laughs) Yeah. Eating better is easy with factors, delicious, ready to eat meals. Every fresh, never frozen meal is chef crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including calorie smart, protein plus and keto. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. So get started today and get after your goals. Some of the things we love about Factor are their two-minute meals. You can fuel up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. Our kids love the pancakes, smoothies, and more. And there's a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, including midday bites. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. And remember, to sign up and save, we've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Head to factormeals.com slash outside50 and use code outside50 to get 50% off. That's code outside50 at factormeals.com slash outside50 to get 50% off. Everyone wants to start their year off on the right foot. And for me, that means making sure I'm eating well and have enough energy to do everything I want to do. But I'm not going to run to the butcher every day to get a fresh cut of quality meat. That's why Good Chop is such a lifesaver for our family. Good Chop offers fully customizable boxes of high quality meat and seafood delivered to your door on your schedule. Their products are vacuum sealed and frozen at peak freshness, so you can stock your freezer and cook when you want. We had a somewhat last minute get together recently, and it was so incredibly convenient to just head to the freezer and pull out a couple bags of Good Chops hamburger patties to whip up some burgers quickly. They were so delicious. Besides being delicious, it's important to know it won't cost you a fortune either. Good Chops price per meal starts at just $3.74. Go to goodchop.com slash outside120 and use code outside120 to get $120 off across your first four boxes. That's code outside120 at goodchop.com slash outside120 for $120 off. Goodchop.com slash outside120 code outside120. It does. So you have just... um, 
a wealth of resources as well. I want to talk about some of those. So uh, you have your 30 days of connection calendar. um, And when you're describing it, you use this phrase, maximum joy. Mm. I love that. Um, You know, and you talk about things that can make the child more visible in the home. And do you want to talk about your connection calendar for a minute? Like, um, Sure, and yeah. and sort of this concept of we talked about it a little bit, but visibility and invisibility in the home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I created that calendar. Um, it was an outgrowth of the coaching program that I do. Actually, we spend four different weeks on different topics, and one of the weeks is on connection. Could you, and- let me let me let me interrupt. What? So the coaching program I wrote this down is called Thrive at Home. Yes, Thrive at Home. Yeah, tell us about that just real quick. It's a four-week, it's a group coaching program. Mm -hmm. It's a group coaching program. It lasts for four weeks when we meet once a week. And every week um, there's a different topic that we kind of dive into. And then there's like a workbook and homework for yourself throughout the week. But it's about um, clarity and vision, um, connection and joy, rhythms and routines, and then just your journey of growth. And I actually... Um, you know, it's, it's, it's not a homeschool focus, that one, but so many of the things we talk about are not related to homeschool that I actually think I'm going to create another one that's just for motherhood. Yeah. Um, because, yeah. Um, All right. Well, you and I were talking before we hopped on here about how, mm-hmm. you know, when we homeschool, you know, we're doing some schoolwork at the home. Um, to varying levels. Some people are doing, you know, an unschooling approach where it's very child-led and some people, it's such a range. It's a beautiful thing, you know, um, how we find what fits for our family. But you you had said, and, and I agree, it's like, this is really just parenting. It's right. it's like doing homework together. It's like parenting yes. with some academics. But And that's how I feel about these different homeschool conferences, like the Wild and Free or, you know, a different homeschool conference. It's like, any parent is going to go and get so much out of those because it's mainly parenting and mainly modeling. Not to mention, I think um, many homeschoolers could probably attest to this, um, that if you only just focused, being at home with your kids, if you only just focused on the things that you're doing, like school, um, you would probably struggle quite a bit. Um, I think if you you focus on... I always, you know, I don't, I don't think I'm the first person who said it, but that whole thing about making connection, the core curriculum, you know, like that's what I feel like the focus is because when, when school is done, the thing that remains is the connection that you have with your child. So if you let that fall by the wayside just to get something done, um, I just feel like that just feels awful. Like, yeah, you kind of miss the mark. Yeah, exactly. So, so um, this connection calendar yes. mm-hmm. kind of is birthed out of this four week, uh, group yes. coaching that you offer, which I love the name of it thrive at, thrive home. at home. It's yes. fantastic. So it was birthed out of that. Um, but when, um, I created it, I realized that anybody, it's something anybody could do. And so I shared it on Instagram and I, at first I was really shocked about the amount of people who just went to download it. Cause I just, this is something I offer for free. And I say, Hey, let's do like 30 days of connection with our kids. Mm-hmm. And so there are prompts where every single day I try to cover different kinds of connections with the prompts. So I always think of connection um, in terms of like mind to mind connection, body to body connection and heart to heart connection. So there's things, um, that like are supposed to create like, you know, some uh, more of an emotional, 
um, connection. There's things where they're more like head connections, like mind connections. You know, you're sharing the same thing, the same interest, reading the same book, things like that. And then um, body to body is like physical touch, um, which for a lot of kids is important too. And so I created that calendar where 30 days, it's just a different prompt, but I share it with families in the hopes that they will use it to spark ideas to create their own prompts because those all of those prompts aren't going to be applicable to you or to your family, but it might spark ideas for you to say, well, I'm going to change this one, or I'm going to do this instead. Um, because when I, when I did it, you know, and I thought that my connection was pretty good with my kids. And then I sat there and did the 30 day connection calendar. And I was like, oh my goodness, there were a lot of moments that I was missing and it just felt really good to intentionally spend a month just focusing on connection. Like, Mm -hmm. and the kids noticed it too, you know, like I'm sure they notice it too. And so it's something that I actually print out and I just keep handy and I, I try to check things off of it, you know, not just yeah. that one month when I'm doing it, but all the time, just a total, just always mentally checking in, you know, like, yeah. because there are roadblocks that happen in life mm-hmm. with to, you know, roadblocks to connection that happen. And I think that one of the biggest roadblocks that we experience is distraction. And we get distracted by so many things. You know, we get distracted by just our to-do list. We get distracted by the activities that we're driving our kids around to. We get, like, there's just so many things that could be distractions. But if you really just took inventory of how you spend your time in your day, um, I want it to line up to the things that we value. You know, so I want want the, the things that we do to actually be the appropriate amount of time. You know, like if I'm saying that I value deep connection with my kids or that I value spending time outdoors, then I want to make sure that that's reflected in how we spend our time. And so Mm -hmm. um, taking inventory of those things, I think is really important and spending time intentionally doing things that you value is also important. Yeah. It's, it's interesting how many people downloaded it because that it, that tells you that this is a message that is very much needed. It's interesting because Pam Leo talked about, um, and her book is Connection Parenting, and she talks about how we're really under-resourced, you know, for what our kids need in terms of um, emotionally and 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 everything else. You know, that right. if it used to be done, you know, in a group, if there was a lot of family around, you know, that kids are getting attention from grandparents and aunts and uncles and cousins and and that these days a lot of it just falls on, you know, the shoulders of, of two parents or one parent. Um, yeah. And, and so those prompts are very helpful. Yeah. And, and even just thinking about um, what we were talking about before, about how even in a loving home, how mm. children can be unseen. I mean, yeah. When you think about it, um, gosh, even just asking yourself, what are the ways that my children is visible, are visible in my home and what are the ways that they are invisible? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that can show up in really large ways and even in small ways, you know, like if, um, do they feel valued? Do they feel like their interests are valued? Do they feel like they can come to you and talk to you about anything do they feel like they can come to you and talk to you about things that you're, that you could potentially be upset by? Um, you know, what kind of space have you allowed for that, you know, for disagreement or for, um, I don't know, you just, I just, I ask myself a lot of questions mm-hmm. and I think just asking that question sometimes helps me to realize, um, 
to what degree my children are visible because I want yeah. them to be visible to me, to each other, but I want them to feel like they are visible as well. Yeah. That's beautiful. I mean, you really have, I mean, I've thought a lot about different things after reading through your website and your Instagram and, um, it's challenging. It's good. Yeah, it is uh, challenging. It's not the easiest work to always yeah. be so intentional or to always be but so thoughtful good, about things, but it's good. Because growth is good. Yeah. Well, one of the other things, one of the other resources that you're involved with is the Black Culture Anthology. Yeah. Um, so you say whether you're black, white, brown, or anything else, there's room for you at this table. You're invited to join in the conversation. Our aim through this anthology is that your family grows in cultural awareness as you focus in on the beauty and wonder within black culture and other cultures as we continue to develop this series of curriculum to celebrate cultures around the world. So I'd love to hear more about the black culture anthology. I've seen, yeah. I've seen some posts about it. Yeah. So um, I helped to create that anthology um, with Tiffany from Yes, Wonder I know Here. Tiffany from Wonder Here. Yep. Yes. Mm-hmm. I love um, Tiffany. She was at Wild and Free. Yes. Yeah. Um, she's actually my cousin. It's my, my her, her husband is my cousin. <laughs> I love that. I think I actually did catch that too. Yes. I yes. love that's really special. Yeah. So we worked together to um, produce this anthology, but we were, you know, when we were thinking about all the resources that tend to be available, usually around Black History Month. Um, we just felt like we weren't, there was some, there was a component that was missing. Um, history, studying history is, is great, but, you know, celebrating black culture, um, culture encompasses so many different things, you know, like, um, it's history, but it's also language and food and, and it's a celebration and there's a lot of joy. And so we wanted to create something where people could have it as a resource to help celebrate black culture. And so there are child authors in there writing about things as normal as, you know, I am smart, I am kind, you know, um, to be black, to be who they are is, you know, it's not just the black historical experiences, but it's the everyday child experiences too. And so there's child authors, there's adult authors, um, we had contribute to the, there's book lists in there. There's, um, Lots of hands-on activities. I mean, it's it's chock full. It it. Well, I know. I saw you said recipes, uh, research challenges, invitations yes. to create, yes. uh, opportunities for intentional reflection, poetry study. So much in there. There's so much. In yeah, there. and it's just a really beautiful um, piece of work. And so we put that out there, and it's avail. It's available on. Yeah, I saw you can buy it on your website, mm-hmm. yes. and it, you probably have immediate access to it. Yep, because you can buy yeah. the digital file. There's a you know print and ship option, but there's also a digital option. Yeah. So you'll have immediate access. But it's just it's just a beautiful resource. I'm, yeah. I'm proud of it. <laughs> you should be. And your kids are involved. I, and I've seen you post about opportunities for other other people to get involved. Yes, uh, yes. So my kids, um, two of my children were um, two of the child authors who are included. Um, I love. They that. love doing activities from that anthology. Um, and we had a, a call for a writing competition that happened earlier um, last month where we were wanting, um, to add more child authors. So we had a writing competition asking for submissions, but even without that competition, um, the end of the anthology even says, share your experiences with us. You know, like if you have something you want to write, um, write it and send it in because it's, you know, studying history and studying culture involves, um, listening to each other's stories 
And we all have, you know, stories to tell. And the beauty is that we can listen to stories cross-culture, cross-culturally, and we can appreciate each other's stories. And I just, I think that, you know, that place of listening and respecting and honoring and celebrating is something that um, I want to do with other people. Yeah. Yeah, so it's called the Black Culture Anthology. That's available on your website. Um, you have a family hiking log, yes. uh, which kind of goes in line with what you had talked about earlier. So um, you talk about building connection through family hikes so people yes. can log it. Mm-hmm. Keep track. Mm-hmm. It's a log that I created where, you know, my kids always, um, we like to go back to the same places sometimes. And then sometimes we like to go to new places. But before we head out, they always want to know where are we going? And so I, you know, I have to keep track of the places that we're going, but I can't just write the name down of the place. I always have to write some other interesting tidbit, like something um, interesting that happened there. And that, oh, that's always what jogs people's memory about the trail that we're going to. So Mm -hmm. I created a log because it's something that my kids like to do. So I was like, maybe other people will like to do this too. You know, you log how far you hiked. You log an interesting thing that happened, what the weather was like, and, you know, it's just something to keep. And then when you go back to those same places, you remember those experiences. I love that idea. I mean, and then, okay, then this last thing, which I've also seen you write about a lot, is the project time checklist and the guide to loose parts. You talk about this project time quite a bit, you know, self-directed learning, kids are engaged in what's meaningful to them. Yeah, so I talk a lot about project-based learning and uh, self-directed learning work that's kids working on their own interests and doing um, doing things that are really going after their passions in a way that um, they're not just, they're directing the process and managing the process. And I talk a lot about that. I actually had a Q&A on that yesterday. Uh, I went live on Instagram. And one of the things that I said was that um, it's possible to have a project. You know, I feel like as parents, all of us are in some ways rounding out our kids' educations at home. It doesn't really matter where your kids go to school. We're all doing that. We started to talk a little bit about that. Yeah. And um, project-based learning is about being a mentor for your kids who have their own interests. So that can be whether your children are in school or, or they're not, but it's about noticing their interests and then wanting to um, come alongside of them and help mentor them to be able to do more with that interest or do something deeper or do better work, um, mm-hmm. deeper work. Um, yeah. and, and so I talk a lot about that and I talk about doing that ourselves so that we can help mentor our kids through that process. But we all want to do meaningful work. We all want to mm-hmm. spend our lives doing what we believe are me- is meaningful. And so, um, why not, why not help kids do that too? Like let, live yeah. a life doing that. Yeah. Well, I love it. Uh, I think, you know, they talk about like that hospitality. I used to think that hospitality was like about inviting people into your home, which I think it is. But then I had read this thing that said hospitality is about how you make people feel. And I just think that everything that you offer is inviting and exciting and it has this spark to it, you know. So the Black Culture Anthology and the 30 Days of Connection calendar, it's all, it's very inviting. Um, It feels very accessible, you know. And um, so if people are wanting, Leslie, to find your resources, uh, can you tell them where to go? Yes, definitely. 
You can find all of these things that we've talked about on lesliemartino.com. Um, I have a blog there. I have a shop there. There's um, those resources there. And there's even a link to my Instagram there because I, I tend to, yeah. I like to write and I tend to do a lot of the, that writing in the captions of my Instagram yeah. posts. So there's a, you can even get to my Instagram page from that uh, lesliemartino.com mm-hmm. from my blog. Um and that's where people would find information on the Thrive at Home coaching, on yes. uh, one-on-one coaching. They would find information there as well. Uh, you just got a lot to offer. So I'll make sure I, I link to that so people can find it easily. But LeslieMartino.com. And um, and we usually end with a, a favorite childhood memory of yours, if you have one in nature, or just another one like we talked about that was just full of sensory experiences, um, something that stood out to you from your childhood. First thing that popped into my mind uh, was gardening with my mother. Um, We grew up in New York City, um, but my mom was very interested in nature. Um, She grew up in the Caribbean, so, you know, I'm surrounded by nature. But she always tried to bring that into our urban experience. And uh, we had this garden, and I have these beautiful memories of gardening with her to this day. I only like the taste of earthy tomatoes, um, beets, anything that tastes earthy, I love because it reminds me of my mother's garden. Um, Yeah, and so that's like one of my fondest memories, digging up earthworms. My brother used to capture them, put them in bottles, capture salamanders, but just, you know, just side by side, all of us together in the dirt. Yeah, that beautiful, it's a beautiful simplicity. Yes, I love it. Leslie, you've just given us all so much to think about and ponder and be excited about. And I just am so grateful for the time that you spent. Thank you. Jenny, thank you so much. This was such a pleasure. Yeah, I can't wait till we can connect again. Me neither. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye. Feel like you're the martyr in your family? You're not alone. Hey, this is Joanne. And Brie. And we're from the No Guilt Mom podcast. Brie, we talk to a lot of moms. Yeah, we sure do. And if you're a mom who has a to-do list that is so massive that you get overwhelmed and you shut down. Or if you fall into the habit of doing everything for everyone and don't know how to change it, we can help you become a no guilt mom. We're going to take you from family martyr to family model. That's role model so that you role model the behavior that you want to see out of your kids. You're going to go from being tired and overwhelmed to energized and guilt free. Every week, you'll get actionable strategies that you can implement right away from the experts that we interview and from us. We also have a whole lot of fun. So check out the no guilt mom podcast everywhere you listen to your favorite shows.